We're going down a nightmare alley in Belfast to get a journal for Jordan from our memory box. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect, and this is Off Screen, your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Off Screen. We're keeping you cinematic. We're bringing you everything on the big screen, the small screen, and everything in between. It's been a good big week for cinemas, and we are kicking off with something that might be looking like it's a possible awards contender. Van, we're talking about Belfast to kick things off, which has an all-star cast of uh, Katrina Balfi, uh, Jamie Dornan, we've got Judy Dench, Kieran Hines is in this, mm-hmm. and it's essentially the story of a young boy and his working-class Belfast family and their general experiences in the unrest between Protestants and Catholics during 19, the late 1960s. It's an interesting one. It's, uh, it's, it's all shot in black and white, and it's directed by Sir Ken. If I could come up with something smart about that, maybe I could step at the top desk and wait till she gets back there. Or you could say the moon's made of green cheese and drop down a place. Or you could do the project together, you and the young lady. You get the same marks and maybe end up on the same seat together. But how do you even talk to her? How to handle oh. a woman? There's a way, said the wise old man. <laughs> a way known by every woman since the whole rigmarole. Yes, all yeah. rigmarole with you, mister. So this is this is the debut, this won't surprise you actually, the debut of uh, Jude Hill, who plays the, the, the lead mm. here, who plays our, our POV uh, buddy. Um, this is, weirdly, there's something about that that made me think of Jojo Rabbit. You know the, the, yeah. the young actors, the star judge, and there is something of that feeling of oh, that obviously nowhere near as surreal or bonkers as Jojo Rabbit. But I did find myself thinking, this is kind of like the Philomena answer to Jojo Rabbit. It's just been <laughs> stripped away the insanity and just replace it with, well, here's the troubles, here's, here's the Northern Ireland situation. That then that's kind of what I felt like through this. I'll be honest with you, I didn't overly warm to it. Not on the whole. There were things about it that I really liked. Um, Strangely, Ken Browner has... Sorry, Sir Ken. Sir Ken. First first restroom cut I ever attended. Sir Ken. Um... So Ken has done a, a fine job directing this, but it's noticeable that the film is bookended, for instance, in, funnily enough, one of our sponsors this week, what seems like stock footage of Belfast. It just seems like it was shot by an entirely different second unit. And you'd be like, what, what, what is going on? And then it sort of transitions into the past and sort of comes out of it at the end. And you think, why have you done what? Like, what relevance? To- okay, fair enough. But... When you get to uh, the performances, though, that that seems to be about the that seems to be where the real charm is is being hung and just seems yeah. to be on. Of all people, Jamie Dornan, who does manage a, a fleeting bit here and there. I'm not the biggest fan of Jamie Dornan, but got a little bit of charm going on. Fair enough, fair play, done, well done, well done. Uh, Katrina Balfi though and Jude Hill, solid performers. MVP though, I will say I do think Judy Dench is a bit underused, but MVP, hands down, Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines, yeah. great fun. As a bit of a lad, you know, a bit of a scamp yeah. granddad type. It's just a shame though that the film isn't really that engaging outside of no. individual moments between the characters. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. So so what I found was it caught my attention from the offset because You've got basically all the kids playing in this little street and, um, Mm. you know, everything seems hunky-dory. And then all of a sudden, and it's beautifully shot how they do this, you've got Buddy staring at something that's happening and you can't quite see what's going on. 
And then you do see that there are these riots that are taking place and coming closer and closer towards him. And I think from a cinematic point of view, that was a brilliant piece. Uh, And what that did was it really drew you in as the audience. But from that point on, it kind of plateaus and you kind of want to see more of that unrest and more of that play out rather than people having conversations about the unrest. I think that's that's the big thing. But the mix of the charm, like Buddy has, there's like cute little bits where he's in school, he's got his eye on this uh, little blonde girl yeah, who, and yeah. they, they, they have like this little flirtation. It's quite sweet. He sits on an outdoor toilet and talks to Kieran Hines about his love troubles. Mm-hmm. Character moments like that are lovely. But, and, 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 you know, I actually think, you know, Katrina Balfi is getting a lot of um, accolades for her performance in this. And I do think she's really, really good. I think she's picked up a SAG nomination for, for her role here. I think it's something like that. So there are, there are pockets of, of really, really good stuff in this. Yeah. However, as a general audience member, bear in mind that this is possibly an awards contender. You're going to go to the cinema and be whelmed. Not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, just whelmed. But that's it, isn't it? It is a film that it, it, the individual components don't measure up. It, I mean, it's, it is not more than the sum of its parts. It's, it's literally the sum of its parts. And the, the problem is those, those parts don't necessarily all work well together. It's the individual yeah. component. It's a shame, but it does, kind of, it does feel like the kind of movie that will win Oscars and never be seen by a member of the general public, which is, 100%. you know, kind of the standard, if we're honest. It's frequently an occurrence when it, when it comes to yeah. the Oscars. But let's talk about a movie that might... I, I don't know. This might be on the shortlist for uh, Best International Feature. It's been a few weeks since I checked it, so I can't quite remember. And it is uh, Memory Box. Now I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to look up the uh, the names of the directors for uh, for Memory Box because it's a husband and wife team, Lebanese husband and wife team. They did a film back in 2006 that I quite like, Joanna Hadish Thomas and Khalil Horay. Um, that have directed this. It is mm. the story of um, a, a three-unit, a three, uh, a, sorry, a th- three-generation sort of single-unit family in present-day Canada. You've got the grandmother, mother, and teenage daughter, and they are all. Well, the mother and grandmother are Lebanese sort of war refugees who em- emigrated to uh, you know Canada in the I think it's 1986 specifically, as mm. we're told. She's had her daughter in in the intervening years. I played by uh, Rim Turkey Maya. Played by uh, Rune Turkey, um, has had her, t- her her daughter, who is now a teenager, uh, Alex, who's played by, oh, I had this down. I feel ridiculous now. I have this down. Paloma Vortier, I think is her name. And mm. you can see why I, I might not remember that. Paloma Vortier. Sorry, two, two completely different female females, uh, celebrity names there merged together because I'm thinking of Paloma Vate and Emmanuel Vortier. Anyway, um... A box turns up one day at their house just before Christmas, addressed from Beirut, addressed to Mum Maya, um, in which, and the mum isn't home at the time, the grandmother and granddaughter and daughter are there to receive it. Grandmother issues instructions, quickly help me get this box hidden. We can talk about it after Christmas if you insist, but just just hide it and don't ask questions. And of course, being a teenage girl, Alex has questions and starts to sneak into the box, even when her mother very quickly discovers it and says the same thing, just leave it alone. But of course, teenage girl, 
of the uh, the TikTok generation has ideas of her own, and basically sneaks into the box in stages. This is all in in either this is all in Lebanese Arabic or uh, or French Canadian or Canadian dialect French, and um, and so we don't have a clip obviously. But the idea okay. is that she uh, t- keeps take she keeps taking different elements from this box, a different journal at a time, in which there are loads of, of photos, an immense number of photos, and even playlists compiled in the old school way on actual mixtape would you believe Bex wow. that she has to use like a Fisher Price cassette recorder to play <laughs> because these are the times and there's the, and she starts to learn more about the mystery of why her mother left Beirut and the secret sort of past that her family seems to have kept hidden from her it's fascinatingly well done you can mm. you know that, that its directors come from an artistic background they do like they are they, are, they do like uh, you know actual art installations and things like that and so they're not just film directors they are they consider themselves just artists across all mediums and you can see that in the film because on the one hand you get this straight you know straight up compelling you know generational mother daughter with a bit of the grandmother mystery and it is interesting and it is engaging it is quite well enough told on its own but then you get to the more art house elements, the more imaginative elements that have been just shot into the veins of it. And they they manifest themselves through these sequences in which you have the daughter, you have Paloma Vortier's character. I'm going to keep using her name, damn it, because I actually, I'm, I'm starting to remember <laughs> it now. Um, performances, by the way, are terrific. So I should have be able to, I should remember be able to remember her name uh on the back of that anyway same for Reem Turkey um, she does this this great thing where she takes her uh, her iPhone and just photographs all of these photos and because so many photos have been taken in such rapid succession this then compiles itself into this uh, frame jumping sort of makeshift gif or live photo as it were in which it starts to look like Take On Me it starts to look like the video for Take On Me and you've got all of these incredible soundtrack beats this is this mid 80s retro pop soundtrack but with a specifically what would have come out in the west two or three years earlier and has only just filtered its way over to the middle least sort of an angle on it it's it has this wonderful authenticity and this wonderful way of manifesting its nostalgic value and it just adds to what what i say is already a really compelling really well acted really well shot story and it makes Mm. it something i think is actually unmissable this is on uh, on demand and in, in, in select cinemas from today from uh friday the 21st do go and if you if you want something different check this out i don't think it's the best movie out this week but given how good i think this is if i tell you this is position number two and i think this is this good just you wait to hear what's at number one but memory box is funnily enough unforgettable Welcome back to Off Screen. So we're keeping you on the big screen right now and we've got two more big movies that are hitting your cinemas very, very soon. So we're kicking off with Nightmare Alley. Now this has been plastered all over the billboards in South London and it's got quite a cast, hasn't it, Van? It, it has quite the cast. It has quite the director as well. I mean, but first and foremost, let's let's call this what it is as the poster proudly declares, you know, the new movie from Guillermo del Toro. Oscar-winning director of The Shape of Water and about a billion other movies beforehand that were equally awesome that nobody showed up for. 
with the possible exception of maybe Pacific. <laughs> That's a bit of a long strapline to add to it. Yeah, I, w- I would have put that on the poster if I'm honest. So Nightmare Alley is the new movie adaptation of novel that previously got adapted in 1947 with Tyrone Power. Now you can watch that in full on YouTube because it's out of legal clearance now. It's like mm-hmm. in the public domain, that movie. Uh, I was recommended it by Matthew Turner because he's a big fan of that kind of era of movies. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. He was absolutely right. Do check that out. Um, also, do check this out because it's the best movie out this week. It stars Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe, uh, Richard Jenkins. I, I'm forgetting people. I know I'm forgetting people. And it's just this insane stacked cast. And the best part is it's Guillermo del Toro does the prestige with a stop at the circus along the the way Bex how easy is that to sell as a concept come on oh I'm in I'm in that's almost (laughs) easier to sell than the story that uh, Bradley Cooper spent however many hours being full frontal nude while shooting this so (laughs) (laughs) and and yes I can believe it because I I I, I believe I I, I believe you know uh, pardon the parlance sorry I was trying to get I couldn't get that out of my my mouth pardon (laughs) the parlance pardon my parlance but uh, yeah he hangs some in this he hangs some in this yeah. definitely. Um, there's, there's a lot, but again, it's in that way that I, anyway, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Right, plot is Bradley Cooper is the mysterious stranger who shows up one day. He's a mysterious sort of drifter. He's just hiking, he's hitchhiking his way, kind of a nomad, just clearly trying to escape his mysterious past of which we know nothing. Obviously, a mysterious drifter happens upon the nearby circus and sneaks in to catch a show in which Willem Dafoe shows him his uh, old school traditional, uh, you know, fetus in a jar and he tells a narrative about, oh, this was secretly the shriveled head of, like, you know, that, that old show. And uh, starts to take in the lessons from around this circus, becomes part of the circus, becomes just an assistant working, just a little, you know, a, a jobbing circus worker, and finds his way into working for the uh, the circus's uh, psychic, played by this is a name I forgot, Tony Collette. Aha! Oh. Almost forgot Tony Collette, and she's terrific in it. Everybody in this movie is terrific because, of course, they are. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. That's why they are there, right? Tony Collette is the psychic who has a sort of, uh, a, what do you call it, a mentalist act going. And of course, as we all know, mentalists aren't real. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a grift. And Bradley Cooper starts to learn. The first half of this movie takes place in the circus. And this is Bradley Cooper learning the tricks of the trade. The second movie takes place out in the world a couple of years later and sees Bradley Cooper having mastered the said trades, uh, said trades and applied them to his own more commercial high-end model, becoming a sort of mentalist to the stars, as it were. I'll tell you what, you got a safe? I do. Why you keep this for me? I don't want Molly to know about it anyway. Why don't you keep it for a few days? If you change your mind, we'll split a 50-50. And if not, I'll keep it. You barely know me. Oh, I know you well. So, film of two halves, both equally absolutely brilliant. What a movie. Bex, why are we still sat here reviewing this when we could just go down the cinema today and, and see this right now? Wow, this, this, is, this is incredible. But as you say, uh, yeah, a lot of Bradley Cooper nudity uh, as well. 
<laughs> well, I'm not like I'm not like that's not the only draw about this movie. I actually genuinely am excited to see. I love the prestige. I think you know mm. if it's something along those lines. I think it would be uh, you know worthwhile going to see and. If it's a spectacle on the big screen, I'm I'm in. I'm in you know, in that same That's what you go way. To cinema for. Well, exactly. In that same way, I'm going to be very quick because I took so long building up this, and it deserves every bit of that build up. By the way, this thing got buried at the <laughs> box office by Spider-Man: No Way Home opening the same weekend. Fair play, completely understandable. But oh my god, what a movie to have it happen to! It is a tragedy. I think this thing is brilliant. It is the kind of movie that, like The Shape of Water, perfectly fits Guillermo del Toro, like mm. Pan's Labyrinth. Let's take a classical, archetypical sort of horror story, or you know, some form of source material. In this case, it's a novel. The Shape of Water is arguably a riff on, on for instance, uh, A Creature from the Black Lagoon. And he does this kind of thing a lot. Like, you look at, you know, Kronos was his, his vampire riff, for instance, and apply it to a modern-day, contemporary adult fairy tale that also happens to be the sexiest-looking, most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I can't <laughs> wait to see this again. I, 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 I had to watch this on an awards screener over Christmas. I was, I was given this on an awards screener. I watched this with Zara Phelan, and we were both really taken in by it. We both thought this was brilliant. I can't wait to see this on a huge screen again. I want to see this on, on the biggest screen I can find. It, this is classical filmmaking. You don't need Tenet to tell you what Cinnabar can do. You need this. This go and see. Go and see Nightmare Alley. Don't walk. Run. Run down the Nightmare Alley, people. In which case, let's let's talk about something you should run away from instead. Uh, Bex, do you want to tell us about a journal for Jordan? Well, I mean, I don't know if I do need to tell you about a journal for Jordan because I genuinely think if you've seen any romantic movie and you know the format of a romantic movie, you'll probably know what's going to happen. In a journal for Jordan. Can I can I just just cut you off there? Because you're 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 shooting down an entire genre when really you should only be shooting down Nicholas Sparks adaptations and movies well, that want get... to be Nicholas Sparks adaptations. Okay, noted, noted. I'm with you on this. So this stars Michael B. Jordan, um, and uh, it it is the story of how a woman in the late '90s um, who is a New York Times journalist uh, meets her future love and he is a soldier in the u.s um i think it's marines maybe no not marines he's in the no, u.s he's, he's, he's straight army i think Charging, he's straight army yeah i think he's straight up army he's straight up army and they have this this love story it's quite sweet at the beginning you know they're sort of standoffish with each other he's never been to new york before and then he comes and stays with her and they don't know what the sleeping arrangements are oh very very cute very cute yellow, yellow, yellow. and then it kind of goes goes forward and you know kind of the inevitable happens and well basically this is the story of their entire relationship together but it is told to her son and it is told in a way through a journal that she writes and he writes to whilst he is away on his tours to help his son understand who he was who travels with exercise equipment <laughs> i do you slept good i slept well <laughs> Slept well. Now you, mm, you need to put all that away. Have not had my coffee yet. I remember. You like it black, right? Yes, I, I do. All right, so I'm gonna need you to get up, 
Get in the shower, get dressed. I'm gonna go for a run, but I wanna see more of your city. Okay? <laughs> I wanna see more of your city. It is really interesting to me that this movie would open the same week that How I Met Your Father debuts, um, <laughs> which I will be honest, I have watched and it's pretty terrible. I love me some Hilary Duff, but but, uh, but How I Met Your Father is, is just ghastly bad. I'm going to keep watching because it's hilariously bad. I saw some um, I saw some tra uh, some trailer snippets of it, and it's just like it's like they can't deliver the lines. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And Kim Cattrall did this over Sex and the Sea. Anyway, um, so uh, back to Jill for Jordan. More on topic, which does play along kind of similar lines. It does kind of have that, you know, mm. this you know that kind of vibe. Um, Little bit. Well, first of all, it's very hollow. I mean, I, the, the performances oh. are just about charming enough to work, and I am gonna say that with the actual sort of caveat here. I'm, I'm just with little asterisks and and you know an aside here. I did have to cover for a friend and do the junket for this, so I have interviewed. Oh, uh, I've interviewed Shante Adams, who plays the lead in this movie for this movie. So, wow. and, and she was she was very char she was as charming actually in reality as you would think from the movie. She was mm. quite a charming. She was up for a bit of a laugh, which is always a nice thing to discover in in any actor or actress. Um, right, they are charming enough to just about carry it, but that's it. They're only carrying it to the middle of the road. They can't get it any further than that. This is really watery stuff. Yeah, look. The moment you switch this on and they set up the characters, you know what's going to happen. You know where this is going. And if you want to watch a rehash of a Nicholas Sparks novel turned movie, you're basically getting this. And you can skip through the entire thing till the end point and not miss anything that you were unaware of that were missing. It's just, it is what it is. You know the part that we're leaving out, by the way, that we've forgotten to mention is that all of this, all of this is directed by Denzel. Why is Denzel yes. doing this? I have no idea. I, I I forgot. I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, yeah. It, it's so forgettable that that's mm. why we've forgotten that. Even though it is directed by Denzel. <laughs> there you go. I think we can, I think we can safely say on on an end note that although it's very middle of the road, and I think you know your your, your slushiest rum dram fans will no doubt find a home here. I know my mum would love it, for instance. I think beyond that, it might be the most forgettable thing to ever have Denzel's name put to it. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Offscreen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex. Hey, Van. What's going on? Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. I do indeed. And guess what I'm paying the rent with <laughs> this week? I'll tell you what, it's down to our brilliant friends here at Storyblocks. Because uh, I know you and I, Van, we are content creators. And we spend a lot of time trying to keep up with this modern world of video and audio creation and staying on top of it, aren't we? We are. You know what always gets me, actually, every time? It's, it's always actually that I, I need a picture of a cinema of what I'm doing. It's like a news piece and I want to slot in. And it's hell for me just trying to find a, an image that I can legally use, if that's of any use. It's, it's near impossible I, for me. Absolutely. A big bugbear for all of us. But if you are wanting to make it possible as a creator to keep up with that need and demand for modern video and bring your stories to life, 
life without having to sacrifice things due to your time, your budget or mm -hmm. resources, look no further than Storyblocks because they are bringing you subscriptions for every budget. So you can literally choose a plan that really works for you. They've got lots of flexible subscriptions that really do scale and give you all those content and tools that you need to focus on when creating your content. And that's the thing you want to be focusing on is creating, not worrying about the budget side of things. They also give you an unlimited all access plan, which gives you no unlimited downloads of over a million assets in their library. So you were looking for that stock footage, you might be able to find the perfect fit with this. And again, you'll be able to spend less without sacrificing your quality. And the thing that I love the most about Storyblocks is the fact that they have diverse and inclusive content because you know what, stock footage, it's kind of been the same old, same old for a number of years. But what Storyblocks is doing is they're changing the face of stock footage with lots more diverse and inclusive content to help you guys as creators and us tell more unique and authentic stories. And they've got a massive commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring, oh, hiring yeah. creators from marginalized uh, backgrounds and to, to make sure that everything is represented in the way that it should. So I really love Storyblocks. I've been lucky enough to try it out. I think it's fantastic. And I think you guys should check them out as well. You can create your own free account and you can check out what's on offer just by visiting storyblocks.com and forward slash off screen. And when I'm not stressed out searching for stock footage and clips and things like that that are going to get me in trouble on YouTube, well, I just need to relax, to be honest. I'm always searching for a nice way to relax. I like a good cup of coffee sometimes. I know that's not really that relaxing. Sometimes some incense and some candles. But uh, I hear <laughs> essential oils are a bit of a thing. Now, oh, my, yeah, very uh, my, much so. Exactly. Now, my, my partner and I uh, used to actually ridicule essential oils. Like, for full disclosure, we would ridicule essential oils. No longer. We have been turned on the matter or should i or should i be more specific she has because she's presently us based and i am not so she was able to try uh, a new kit from our sponsors this week at simply earth they sent her the uh, this essential oil recipe box she had no idea how to use essential oils until she got this box that had apparently i think it's like a hundred dollars worth of, of oils if you uh, uh, compile them independently it's like a hundred dollars worth of oils from other companies but uh, you get this essential oil recipe box and it's a recipe box it's like a meal box, you know, where your ingredients turn up every month, and and you, Ooh, nice. you put together your, your essential oil cocktails from this. This all will cost about thirty nine dollars a standard. When you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box, and you get all these other goodies with it as well. And you say you get the, the the thing, you get four, you get the box, you get four essential oils in there. You get, I think, it's six recipe cards that sort of different combinations and things. You get loads of little extra freebie gifts as well, and you learn from all these aromatherapists on there um, how to use essential oils with these recipes and you save like you save like $61 in total if you put it together yourself and you get to detoxify your life with these very fragrant smells and the best part is they're quite ethical you know we love we love ethical they give 13% mm -hmm. of all of their profits towards ending human trafficking around the world so like a meal subscription kit which you know I adore and I know you do as well but uh, more fun and less edible so that is Simply Earth you can give them a try yourself and get a free essential oil diffuser when you give them a shot and subscribe using our URL at simplyearth.com slash offscreen. Welcome back to Offscreen. Now it's time to go to the small screen. We're taking you through your seven-day guide of all the movies that are on your telly box. And we are kicking off oh, with a great film, actually, on Saturday night at 11.20 p.m. 
It's on far too late for my liking, especially when there is a group of young gunmen called Young Guns. Um, it is uh, the movie that is all about Billy the Kid and his group of uh, followers who are uh, deputies to avenge the murder, uh, who become deputies, sorry, to avenge mm -hmm, the murder yeah. of a rancher who was their benefactor. So um, it's it's an interesting turn of events in a way for an outlaw, but it's got an amazing cast. We've got Kiefer Sutherland, Emilio Estevez. We've got Charlie Sheen is in there as well. It is mm -hmm. one of those movies that I think, actually Terrence Stamp is in this, Jack Palance Ter as Terrence well. Stamp, Terrence Stamp is the guy that raises them, who's murdered, who they have to avenge. And I think it's Jack Palance is the bad guy. Now, just imagine how awesome a movie has to be to have the two sort of patriarchal figures of it you know, on opposing sides be Terrence Stamp and Jack Palance. And this is a movie that not only has that concept, but that cast that has, yeah. and, and also just happens to double as the origin story for Billy the Bloody Kid. I got away with cattle. That's jolly funny, Master Stephen. That's no proper table manners. <coughs> I had a way with hogs. <coughs> Congratulations, Charles. You and Stephen will be doing the dirty crockery alone this evening. <coughs> Sorry, John, it struck me funny. And to William, both of you. Apologies, William. Just hacking on you, that's all. Yeah, we was just acting on you. Rumor has it you killed a man, Billy. You don't seem like the killing sort. Yeah, Billy, what you kill him for? He was hacking on me. And no, it's not the movie that's got Bon Jovi in it. That's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, it is yep. very much worth your time. And then you can watch the second one afterwards and start bringing out the old uh, CDs of your old Bon Jovi uh, The second, one, the second well. one is the one where they have to, they have to expand the cast again because, you know, like, it, it was a sort of rotating cast idea and they, they do more of the Billy the Kid stuff in the sequel. The sequel has, as its villain, William Peterson from CSI, Gil Grissom, as uh, Pat Garrett. His, his friend turned oh, yeah. uh, lawman who has to, sets out to capture him and among its cast only features the great Christian Slater. So therefore it's oh, automatically a superior sequel. And it's got that Bon Jovi song, as you know. So watch Young Guns, which is epic, and then watch Young Guns 2, which is somehow an even better sequel. But only the first one's on BBC One on Friday night, 11.20. So anyway, Sunday. Saturday, we've got uh, Pixels on Five Star. <laughs> Not Sunday, you're jumping ahead. Uh, we've jumping got ahead. Pixels um, on Five Star at 12.55 p.m. Ben, you're going to have to take me through this one. I'm not sure I've, I've even heard of Pixels. What are we Pixel. talking about? Pixels, Pixels famously got absolutely torn to ribbons by critics when it opened, and yet everybody Probably. who seemed to actually watch it kind of enjoyed it, despite the fact that it was an Adam Sandler movie that also featured Kevin James in a supporting role. By the way, this imagines a universe in which Kevin James uh, actually beat Obama in an election. Can you imagine that? But somehow that's not the most ludicrous thing in this movie. So the movie is about um, aliens receive um, a, a, I think it's footage of a video game championship and mistake it for a gladiatorial contest that we have on Earth. Therefore creating their own larger-than-life versions of our iconic 1980s, 70s and 80s, really, retro arcade games and sending them to Earth to take over the world. Under the assumption that our 
champions would be able to beat them. And because the government has no other way of facing them, they have to take on the definitive arcade video game champions in order to lead the fight against them. These happen to consist of none other than Adam Sandler and weirdly, Peter Dinklage as well. It's bonkers. I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen this. Characters. Yeah, you've seen this one? Loads of licensed I've seen characters this. in it. Yeah, look, this. I've seen this because I was like, why would I not watch a movie that's about 8-bit characters and yeah. not go and see it? Like that, that doesn't sound like me. But yeah, I think I have seen this. I don't remember it though. But I remember bits of it. I'm just looking at the trailer as we're speaking, and there's put certain bits, a bit of Peter Dinklage playing two arcade games at once, like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. So I am definitely going to go and check this out. It's on at a really reasonable time on Saturday. It's a good afternoon movie, I, I assume. It's on 5 Star, 12.55 p.m. Now, good moving swiftly. Film, yeah, really good family film. Now, another great film. A great film for anyone that grew up as our vintage. Um, is uh, 10 Things I Hate About You on Great Movies, 7 p.m. on Sunday night. The the amazing, amazing cast in this are just mm. incredible. It is um, a take on the taming of the shrew, and it is brought into modern or early 2000 modern uh, high school society. <laughs> it was uh, 99, actually. I think it was, might have been the was summer it 99? of 99 oh, that this opened, I think, yeah. Yeah, but the, the late, great Heath Ledger is your mm -hmm. your lead in this and we've got um joseph gordon levitt is in it as well um we've got who else have we got uh david krumholtz julia stiles yeah. larissa julia stiles. uh gabriel union's in there i think uh i'm trying to think who I remember uh, larissa olinick as well yeah larissa olinick is in there i'm trying there's a huge everybody in it winds up becoming a teen star in the late 90s and early 2000s like half the cast of idle hands and 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 I know what you did last summer and can't hardly wait, are in this. Yeah, yeah. And this is the kind of film that we grew up watching and loving. And the soundtrack is amazing. You know, it, it's all of these things that I think if you were a kid of the of the nine, late 90s, early 2000s, this will be mm. a staple watch and then rewatch for you. So it's definitely, definitely worth your time to just reminisce, I think, on Sunday as well. If not, for the very least, for the Heath Ledger um, sing-song that he does of You're Too Good To Be <laughs> Yeah. Um, right, and then let's move on to Monday. Uh, so we have, well, something not like 10 Things I Hate About You at all, no, do we, Matt? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, so on Paramount, uh, 5 past 11 on Monday night on the Paramount Network, you can watch... Now, this is one that I think comes in for a kicking and I actually think is quite good. It's Lexi Alexander's Green Street. Uh, internationally, it's referred to as Green Street colon hooligans for some reason, or Green Street hooligans. Stars Elijah Wood and Charlie Hunnam. And it is, this was the American... We had two rival football firm movies in, I think, early 2005. One was Green Street and the other was Football Factory that starred Danny Dyer. And everyone down the pub was would obviously naturally go towards the, the Danny Dyer one. But this, in my opinion, had more going for it. This was Elijah Wood is the journalism student who gets kicked out of college on administrative, on disciplinary action uh, for allegedly cheating, moves in with his sister in London, played by Claire Forlani, and gets to know his, um, his new brother-in-law's younger brother, played by Charlie Hunnam, who happens to be a member of the local firm. You know, go out and smash places up in the name of their favourite team. And he starts to find himself sucked into this world, and it is Elijah Wood just discovering football hooliganism. And weirdly, this is all actually a pretty decent movie. 
<laughs> Serves you right for fighting like a bleeding tart. But try that again, and I will kick the out of you. Yeah, the tom out of me, I get it. Get up, come on. So, I'm guessing you're not much of a fighter. Fighter? It's probably the first fight I ever had. You call that a fight? I will take you with me. You might learn something. About soccer? Nah, mate. Not about soccer. And for sake, stop saying soccer. Come on, hurry up. Hunnam and Elijah, there you go. So uh, it's worth noting, by the way, this is set in London. Somehow Charlie Hunnam still cannot pull off a convincing accent. No one, scientists are working on this one. No one knows where Charlie Hunnam really is from. I think that's, <laughs> that's the thing. We're where is he from? Does, does anyone know? No, and I always thought when he was in Queer as Folk, is like, is, is that, that's got to be the origin. Like that well, accent, sure. maybe. I, I, I'm getting uh, to the yeah. point, I'm like, He's a bit Norwegian? like Christian Bale. Yeah. He's a bit like Christian Bell, where you just don't really know where he's from when actually he is just Welsh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's Green Street. That's on Paramount Channel at 11.05pm uh, on Monday. Uh, let's move swiftly through the next couple of days for you. Um, we've got on Tuesday, there's something about Mary. <laughs> You'll never look at a hair, hair gel again in the same way. Uh, on Five Star at 9pm, Cameron Diaz. Now... Do you know what? She's retired from acting, but when you look at movies like this, you remember how great she was. This was the weird thing, because something about Mary represents the actual swing of Hollywood. If you, you, I'm going to be really quick about it. Uh, she broke out in The Mask in 1994. I think she was, if I remember correctly, she's about 22 at the time. There were a number of attempts, to, and, and that was a star-making performance. Like Her appearance in The Mask mm. is, that's a star right there, that's a movie star. And it didn't happen for her. They kept trying to put her in vehicles for the next two or three years afterwards. None of them worked. And then at, when it seemed like she was just phased out entirely, she came back with something about Mary, and that made her the megastar. So it's... And if you watch the movie, it's worth going back and watching the movie just to see exactly how that happened. It is... And you can see it right there. It's all there on the screen. Second time in four years, she popped up on a cinema screen and said, Hi, I'm a movie star. And there you go, something about Mary on Five Star at 9 p.m. Tuesday. I think it's a, I think it's a comedy classic, and I still think it's it's the second best Farrelly Brothers movie. It'll never top Dumb and Dumber for me, but it's the second best Farrelly Brothers movie, definitely. Uh, Wednesday night, anyway, 11:20, ITV4 Bex. You've picked the craze. Of course I did. It's the Kemp brothers playing Ronnie and Reggie Cray in the early 90s, um, which I think is is one of the great iterations of the craze story in on cinema um and it's on uh, yeah like itv4 11 30 p.m it should be on quite late it's mm. brutal it's a great british movie and i think it is still referred back and back again for anyone that wants to learn about the craze they go to this movie they don't go to the tom hardy's legend or anything like that they come back say, to this yeah. one i was just gonna <laughs> say that tom hardy one did not replace this movie did it yeah no absolutely not and um yeah i think that's the the key thing with this is that, you know, you've got to stick to, even though it is, I think it is 92 that this came out, um, that that is what you need to, yeah, it is something along those lines. It still holds up. It doesn't feel dated at all. So that's the craze. ITV for 11.30 p.m. And then straight on to our last movie of the week, 
which is The Boy in Striped Pajamas, a brilliant movie starring Asa Butterfield. Uh, BBC Two, 11.15 p.m. This is harrowing. The book was harrowing. This is equally as harrowing to see it on the big screen as well. It is. This is the story of the friendship that grows literally over the fence, isn't it? Between two young boys on opposite sides of the Holocaust, effectively. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh gosh, it's about, yeah, absolutely two sides of the fence. There's, there's, there's the kid who the is... The literal obviously... fence, isn't it? It is a literal fence and it's about their friendship and it just goes to show that in this time of war, the innocence of being a child, you're not sort of phased mm. by it and you'll be friends with whoever... And, and yet your fates are completely one. different. So really, really moving movie. Um, and yeah, and that sort of rounds up our week. It's quite a solid week of uh, movies on TV. Yeah, I think so. I think to be honest, Friday, Friday night with the boy in the striped pajamas, it wasn't how I expected to be uh, chilling on my my Friday night, my Thursday night, sorry, next week. Uh, but you know what? I think based solely on you having reminded me how good it is, I think uh, I'm going to check that out. Welcome back to Offscreen for one last ride. We are taking you through everything that you need to see on DVD, Blu-ray and streaming. And we are going to kick off with the baddest boss in the creche. It is, of course, the baby, the boss baby. And uh, this is uh, the first one, fam. Oh, look, no, 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 this is the second one. This is the second one, the sequel. No. Oh, and we watched this actually when it was um, on the original kind of cinematic two, art. Two, three yeah, months ago? Yeah, not long ago. Not long ago. It was okay. Whoa. Yeah, it was quite yeah, good. So this is, the, this is the story about, uh, you know, the now adult kids from the first movie basically having to be transformed back into kids. Uh, you know, the sort of the thing he's meant to be... How old's the older brother meant to be? Like, 10? Something like that? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, he's... Well... He's a kid. Is that the one... Uh, yeah, he's a kid, but um, I can't remember. Anyway, anyway. Right. He, um, they get turned back into the sort of the child and the literal baby so that they can try and foil another nefarious plot by an evil baby-centric genius to try and enslave them. Well, let's have a listen. Thanks so much for coming in, ladies. Would you like some fruit? Mm. Ow! Uh, hey. Can we get on with this? <laughs> I miss my teeth. I've decided who's going on the mission. Thank you. I accept. Both of you. Yes! No. Baby Core wants to get the team back together, huh? No. They think that's a terrible idea. Of course they do! Well, I'm the boss, Applesauce, and I think you two are better together than you are apart. Well, I work alone. Or at least not with him. Hey, there's no I in team. Actually, there's no you in team either, but there is an M-E. But teamwork doesn't seem work. Ah! If you want something done right, do it yourself. We're all in it together! Every man for himself! One is the loneliest number! The eyes have it! We the people! And I can listen to Alec Baldwin's voice in these movies forever. Alec Baldwin's voice is one of my favourite things in the world to listen to. Every time he says, Templeton, I just, I die a little inside. Put that cookie down. Cookies Yeah. I love that. Um, but yes, Boss Baby 2, family business. Uh, went down well with the, the kids in our house. They liked it. So uh, maybe worth checking out on DVD and Blu-ray from this coming Monday. Moving on very swiftly to streaming, we've got quite the selection for you. My cousin <laughs> Rachel is out on fra- uh, uh, on Disney Plus uh, today? today, in fact. Yeah. And this is this is um, Anne Hathaway, isn't it? This is kind of... Oh. What? No, no, oh, this one's, uh, this is Rachel Weiss, this one. I can see why you would, because they look very similar on the post, but this is Rachel Weiss and Sam Claflin. Oh, what's the one I was thinking about with um, Anne Hathaway, where she was, um, 
She was she was sort of uh, an addict. Rachel Rachel got married or something like Rachel that. Rachel getting married. Rachel getting married. So they're married. both That's called the, Rachel. They're both oh called Rachel. That's exactly what I would make well, like. Is that mistake as well? Yeah, you'd forgive me for that. <laughs> No, this is like the, this is like the sort of nineteenth-century sexually charged romantic gothic mystery movie. This is actually really good. Um, if you've not seen this one, Bex, check this one out. You'll, you of all people are going to love this one. This is uh, is Rachel Vice or not? Evil, and it, it's not very Hitchcockian. But uh, anyway, speaking of you know something things that really want to be Hitchcockian, we've put this one up because it's trash. And, well, I've put this up because it's trash, and I'm fascinated mm. by its existence. Now, you don't seem to remember this, Bex, but uh, I think it was maybe two months ago, uh, randomly one night, I sent you via WhatsApp a YouTube link for a new trailer that had been released by Netflix, a trailer for a movie that debuts on Netflix today. It stars Peyton List. No, not that one, the other Peyton List, because there are two actresses named Peyton List, weirdly. Um, one starred in Smallville, the other one stars in Cobra Kai. This is the Cobra Kai Peyton List, who used to be on the Disney Channel and stuff. And here she stars in Eileen Wernos, colon, American Boogie Woman. A seemingly completely imagined slasher movie in which Peyton List stars as real-life serial killer Eileen Wernos, famously played in an Oscar-winning performance by Charlize, by Theron, Charlize Theron in 2003's yes. Monster. So where they think they've conjured this one up from, I have absolutely no idea. And that's before we even begin to get to the hilarity of part of the whole thing about Charlie's winning that Oscar for playing Eileen Wernos was that she was under the makeup effects to make her as physically indistinguishable from Eileen Wernos as possible. Who in the hell looked to Eileen Wernos and thought, we'll just get the hottie from Cobra Kai to just show up and not put makeup on her. That, that'll, that'll work. I haven't even seen the movie yet, and I'm just going to tell you, no, it doesn't. But I am going to be watching it, because holy hell, this is unmissable. i got to see this. Eileen Wernos, American yeah, Boogie I'm, Woman, I'm on Netflix sold. from today. <laughs> Another one that's unmissable for us. We talked about this one a few times, and this, this comes to Prime today. This is one of three movies that come to Prime this week. Uh, three big, well, actually, because one of these picks is actually two movies from the same director. I'm cheating a little bit. But The Proposal comes to Amazon Prime from today. The classic rom-com, The Proposal Bex. We love this one. Oh, gosh. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. It's kind of the match that you think in real life. That would have worked anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> but their chemistry on screen is great because they're like the feuding... Uh, he, she, he's his, her assistant, isn't he? And she's yeah. like a big boss lady. And then, um, yeah, they have to kind of scheme this proposal thing. For, green card. Um, it's sort of sham green card marriage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's the whole kind of Canadian thing. Yeah, it's mm. all that kind of... Really funny. Again, it's one of those movies that you you can watch again and again and it doesn't really date which i think works really really well for this so that's available on amazon prime on friday um good fun this movie oh yeah good time good times all around ryan reynolds i think this was the movie that finally put ryan reynolds over the tip into okay now mm. he can be a movie star because that yeah. one we, we tried that for about five years if memory serves i think post van wilder the, yeah the the ryan reynolds train started rolling in 2002 with Van Wilder Party Liaison 
Uh, and then that they really tried it with uh, with Van Wilder. Uh, sorry, like Van Wilder. They really tried. Sorry, with Blade Trinity in two thousand four, and mm. then it just didn't happen for him. And they just kept churning things out. Nothing really took off, including his underrated rom com, Definitely Maybe, which if you've never yes. seen, is really worth checking out yeah, because yeah, that yeah, is yeah. effectively how you do the entire plot of How I Met Your Mother in about a hundred minutes with Ryan Reynolds, Elizabeth Banks, Rachel Weisz, and Isla Fisher. Yes, yeah. that cast. Yeah. And they did it better than How I Met Your Mother. But anyway, proposal on Prime from today. Coming to Prime on Tuesday, 25th. Two films from M. Night Shyamalan. You are getting not mm. only Signs, but Unbreakable. And, well, we're starting to get the hype for his next uh, his next project now as well that's coming together. Why not revisit two of the his, two of his hot streak, really? Because this, this is film number two and three. So Unbreakable is number two, Signs is number three, and then The Village is number four, I think. And The Village keeps getting shown on, uh, I think, uh, the great movies, the great movies of the horror channel. So you can see that pretty readily as well. If you're uh, still in the dark as to what this Shyamalan thing was about for the last two decades, congratulations, they're all on streaming. They are there for the taking. Um, another film you might have missed, and this is now... 15 entire years old and ranks as one of my favourite movies of all time, Bex. I don't know if you've seen this. Going to Prime on Wednesday the 26th. It's Danny Boyle's Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Sunshine. You're nodding your head at me already. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I've, I've seen this film once in the cinema hmm. when it came out and there is that sequence where they are getting that close to the sun and you kind of just feel the brilliance of this. Um, uh, it's we, got a kid- should we actually just explain for anyone who doesn't know, this is effectively the plot of Armageddon with yes. the sun, but done like it's a serious, actual thing. There's no heroics, there's no garish, over-the-top no. action. There is action in it, but it's strategic, strategically done action. Very science-based, as you know, in within the science fiction side of it. But uh, yeah, like you say, it is about that, that experience, isn't it? Feeling that heat... Yeah, it really is, and it's 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 Killian Murphy is in this. Um, I can't remember the rest of the cast, but it's uh, he always stands ah, out for me on that one. I believe Michelle Yeoh, Chris Evans, <clears throat> uh, Rose Byrne, uh, uh, Takeshi Kanada, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada is, is in this as well. Is Benedict Wong in this one? It, just a hell. Oh, Mark Strong. Mark Strong is in this as well. Mark it's Strong, a hell, of course. Hell of a cast. And also, it is just one of the most stunning movies ever made. I bought my first Blu-ray player specifically to play this movie. No joke. I've, I've literally just got a new TV and you, for my first ever 75-inch 4K TV, and I cannot wait for this to go on streaming in 4K so that I can beam this onto this glorious screen and finally bask in the Danny Boyle goodness that I wish to God I'd been able to see uh, on an IMAX screen at the time. But I don't think we really did that back in 2007. Anyway, you can take it in for yourself. It's a terrific science fiction, almost sort of a disaster movie, but a little bit apocalypse now at the same time. Think of it as Armageddon does apocalypse now in space by Danny mm. Boyle, no less. And I think he won the Oscar a year later. Was it a year or so later he yeah. won the Oscar for uh, Slumdog Millionaire? For, Slum, oh. for Slumdog, yeah. But this was yeah. like, uh, you know, ever since we were talking about like Shallow shallow Grave and, yeah. you know, and, and then obviously Trainspot, you just see Danny Boyle getting bigger big, bigger and better. But I think, I actually think uh, that, that Sunshine, Sunshine was actually yeah. really under underrated. Mm, um, yeah. I, I don't think much, it yeah. did... 
yeah, I don't think it did any business at all, really. But actually, it was so, so good. So what a way to round off this week with a, with a movie you absolutely need to go and revisit and give it the props that it deserves. So that is Sunshine. Oh, yeah. comes out on Prime Video on Wednesday. And that is us for another off-screen this week. Uh, we have got you some really good picks. Uh, Nightmare Alley seems to be the top pick that everyone should go and see. I'm going to go and revisit Young Guns on the small screen. And then, obviously, once it comes out as well, we'll check out Sunshine as well. So it's been a good week, Van. We're going to do it all over again next week, aren't we? Well, we are, because we get a sequel next week, and a sequel, a Matthew McConaughey sequel, no less. Can you believe that? But don't get too ahead of yourself, because it's animated. We are, of course, talking about Sing 2, which is upon us next week, which I, I, I have friends with kids who have seen previews of this movie and have raved about it to me. Uh, Zara reviewed this, told me it was good fun. I'm very much looking forward to revisiting the Sing universe and seeing what tunes they can belt out this time. Although, spoil it, just full disclosure, I am dreading Bono being a part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so that's Sing 2 next week. We're going to bring you a whole host of other brilliant movies alongside all of that as well. So we can't wait for it. But for now, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. 